welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. And today in the studio, we have Anthony Welty running for Insurance Commissioner of Washington State. Join us today. Again, he was actually on episode number three back in October, and I'm super excited to have him here. He is running as a libertarian candidate, which is really, really going against the grain. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. Um, so um, as you guys will remember, um, on that episode, we talked a little bit about my book. If you guys have been listening in, you know about my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And we that book is available on Amazon in Kindle form. And go to that, go to Amazon, download my book, Sickened How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. There's a six step solution on how we can fix this. And guess what? Um, people like Anthony uh, is in one of the steps. So, um, Anthony, welcome to our show. Hey, hey, thanks, Sean. All right. So, tell us a little bit about um, what a libertarian is and why you're running for insurance commissioner. Yeah, well, a libertarian is somebody that doesn't compromise on freedom, that believes that the individual owns their life, they own their their body, they own their their work, their labor, and anything that their labor produces, and that no government entity uh, should use force, fraud, or coercion to control how somebody uh, lives their life, as long as they're living their life in a peaceful manner that doesn't uh, actively harm somebody else. And, and I'm proud to be running for office as a libertarian that stands against the two-party uh, corruption that we have seen, uh, you know, stifle innovation, stifle health care, stifle health insurance uh, here uh, in the state of Washington and across the country. So, Anthony, as um, you're running for this position, can you uh, give us a little in insight into what the insurance commissioner does for the state of Washington? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question, and it's frankly the the most common question I get on the campaign trail, and it's one of the reasons why I'm running for this office. If we have positions in government that people don't know what it does or that it even exists in the first place, how are we going to fix things? So insurance commissioner is a regulatory body. It's not a legislative body. Uh, it's got 240 employees in Olympia, $27 million in salary, and generates close to $600 million a year in tax revenue. Wow. Um, but it's uh, essentially a consumer protection agency. But I don't know about you. If you're anything like me, you're probably not feeling very protected when it comes to your insurance rates these days. Oh, that's a good point. Um, so I imagine there is a story behind why you took up this uh, challenge. So can you share with us why you chose to run for the insurance commissioner of Washington State? Yeah, and I think what's important here is is being involved in, in your communities in, in any way that you think is going to be healthy, right? To, to give back to the people around you and, and to, to serve is, is important. You know, voluntarily helping one another, uh, giving back to our communities is really important. And, and what, something that's important to me is you know, providing solutions to people that are going to help reduce their insurance costs. They're going to reduce their health care costs. And, and it's important to me because I was affected uh, back in 2015 when my wife and toddler at the time lost access to health insurance in Washington. We had a good plan that we loved uh, that was fairly priced and had decent deductibles, covered the things that we valued. And uh, I was told we could keep our insurance and we could keep our doctors backed by uh, Obama back in 2010 when he passed Obamacare. And by 2015, I lost 
my uh, health insurance, and we actually lost access uh, to the hospital closest to us as well that stopped taking the insurance that I had. Um, so it's important to me to help people, to get people back on the right foot, because I am not the only person that's struggling right now. And what we have in Olympia, what we have in Washington, D.C., is politicians that spew their rhetoric about wanting things to be affordable, wanting things to be better, and all they do is break it and make it worse. So I believe I've got solutions. I'd love to get into those with you here today on ways we can do that for Washingtonians. Well, that is super exciting because we love solutions on this radio program. So jump in, Anthony, and tell us and our viewers how you can save the consumer on their health. Well, the first step is is recognizing from a from a government standpoint, if I'm running for a government position, right, what is that position specifically doing that is making things more expensive, right? How are they adding to cost, right? Anytime you're looking at a project and you're looking at ways to, to cut expenses, if you're looking at ways to save money in your monthly budget, the first thing you do is look internally. Right? You look at what you're doing and where you can cut, and then you might start looking at each company that you're doing business in and then seeing how they can cut cost, right? So I want to cut costs there at the government level first and foremost. And to do that, the most important thing we need to do is abolish taxes on insurance in the state of Washington. Uh, Washingtonians are, are uh, paying over $600 million a year in taxes on that insurance. That's your small business insurance. That's your health insurance and everything in between. So if we have politicians in Olympia that claim they want affordable insurance, but then take a couple percent cut off the top, I think that's hypocritical of them. And that's the easiest thing that we can do that doesn't hurt anybody that could literally just be a line deleted from the budget. I love the term budget. <laughs> so I... I see a lot of things that you're kind of going up against the grain here. Um, actually, forming a budget would be a critical part of, of what you would bring to the table, as well as taking um, a step to stop taking money out of our pockets for us to be able to use that money towards spending towards insurance or the insurance being able to actually cover the cost of what the consumer has taken. Um, so... I'm sure you have some other um, examples of how you would attack um, putting the consumer back in charge of their health care. So just any ideas that you might have on that? Yeah, and th this is a consumer protection agency. And, and the more, most important thing that we need to understand is that people are, are better apt to protect themselves and government would ever be able to protect them as some, you know, giant state organization or, or agency that doesn't know who you are and what you value. So the most important thing I want to do is empower people to make choices for their own lives. And to do that, we need to do things like allow um, a la carte health insurance options. You know, in the state of Washington, I believe there's 59, maybe 60 different mandates on coverage. That means that everybody in the state of Washington is getting the exact same type of of coverage on their health insurance policy. And in all other areas of life, and specifically insurance, you get choice, right? If you want to pick a different type of yogurt for breakfast, you can go to the store and pick five or 10 different types of yogurt. You want some cereal instead of yogurt? Oh my God, we got 60 choices for yogurt. But when it comes to health insurance, everybody gets pretty much the same thing, and we're all equally as miserable. So I want to do a la carte insurance 
put you in charge of what your policy covers for your family. And that is not up to me to dictate what you want. And I believe consumer protection begins with putting you back in charge. I love it. I love it. So on this radio show, um, we talk about educating and empowering individuals to make informed choices of their health. And that includes their personal health or their health insurance. And I love having you on to discuss those options. Now, Anthony, is it true that many of the regulations you're talking about or why we don't have a la carte insurance is because it's federally mandated? Some of those things are federally mandated. Is that true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And and uh, what's also and, and equally unfortunately true is Washington state has doubled down on those regulations. So many of the federal regulations, Washington has codified it at the state level as well. So we have twice as much work to get back the amount of freedom that we, we you know, our natural rights uh, deem that we have at birth. So we, we've got to start attacking those. If it's one at a time, it's one at a time, right? You know, a, any reduction in, in government control over our lives is going to lead to more prosperity. And most importantly, allowing us to coexist as, as different entities, as different beings. Because, you know, you and I, Sean, we don't need the same things. We don't always have the same values. And we should be embracing those differences instead of forcing us to look at things the same way all the time. So is it true? In my book, I write about that one of the solutions is, is that states opt out of the federal Obamacare mandate so they can decide what is best for their states and their individuals. Is that true? Is that possible um, in, the, in, a, in a state? You know, here in Washington, we're going to have to approach it differently again because we've kind of doubled down on those regulations. So we would literally have to go through law by law and repeal. Um you know, one of the unfortunate things about government and, and specifically politicians is, you know, a politician almost never goes back and deletes a law that they wrote, right? Even if they know it was a bogus law and it didn't work, didn't accomplish their intended goals, it's always reform, reform, repeal, uh, reform, reform, reform. I want to repeal, repeal, repeal so you can be free. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So then why is it that um, healthcare is so expensive? <laughs> well, there, there's a, a million different regulations, both at the state level, the, the federal level, even the FDA gets involved in, in things. But ultimately, if, if we don't attack the, the root cause of, of why health care is expensive, health insurance will never be affordable. So we, we need to get back to, to patient care um, as opposed to uh, empowering insurance companies and to, to work with you know, multinational uh, corporation type uh, conglomerate, you know, health facilities where doctors are turned into barcode scanners where they check boxes on paperwork all day and they get to see patients for an average of five or six minutes at a time. That is making us less healthy. We need to get back to individualized patient care. And one of the ways that we could do that is to abolish taxation on small medical providers to empower local medical facilities to open up. And to do that, we need to abolish certificate of need laws so that if a new doctor wants to open a, a community rural, like a, you know we're out here in Moses Lake for those of you tuning in uh, online that may not know where I'm calling from today uh, you know Moses Moses Lake is a rural area and there's you know not enough medical facilities we could open up more medical facilities and abolish taxation to make it easier we do that we put patients back in control of their health care we put doctors back in in line with patient care again instead of having to check boxes that moves things the, the right direction. So you mentioned certificate of need. So uh, educate our listeners a little bit and our viewers a little bit about certificate of need before our commercial. 
Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people know what zoning laws are, right? You know, where you can build a new restaurant, where you can build a new apartment complex. So the easiest way to explain this is to think zoning codes on steroids, specifically for the medical uh, community, the medical establishment. Um, if you want to open up a new medical facility, you have to jump through a lot more hope, hoops than a typical business would have to, which means that the flow of goods and services is artificially restricted, uh, which means we are less healthy. So we need to remove those laws and let good people that want to heal people, make people healthier, make our nation healthier, make our communities healthier. We need to empower them and make it as easy as possible to open up their medical facilities so that we can treat people and keep them healthy absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. and just on the certificate of need issue um i've seen in communities where a doctor a private practice doctor wants to bring an mri um, into his community because the local options were too expensive and the state government says well we don't feel there's a need for an MRI here, so you can't bring it in, even though it's going to pay, save the patients thousands of dollars. So I say bring in 100 more MRIs and 100 more x-ray machines and make it as cheap as possible for people to get the care that they need. Free markets should decide if it's in need or not, and free markets will decide if the government gets out of the way. So instead of creating monopolies and letting a few individuals have MRIs, um, let the free market decide. Um, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we can get an MRI for our dog. You know, and, and it's and it's really inexpensive, and it's pretty easy to get an MRI for a dog. Why does it have to be so tough to get an MRI for a human? Well, it's a lot easier to open up a pet store than it is, you know, uh, uh, an x-ray building for a broken arm. A absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I love it. So you're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, and here our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. We have been doing this show for over six months now, almost eight months actually, and we appreciate all our viewers and listeners. We stream live on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. We are also on most podcast forums. So if you miss us on video, you can go to um, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all your favorite iTunes, iHeart. We just got approved for iHeartRadio. So please check those out, subscribe to them, share them, comment. We want to know how we can get better, so please let us know. And that leads us into our first commercial break. You're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Hello and welcome back to our second segment of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. You can listen in every Monday at AM 1470 KBS in, in Moses Lake, also on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. So, Anthony, welcome to our second segment of the show. If you missed us, we have Anthony Welty back in our studio. Um, he is running for Insurance Commissioner of Washington State, and he has some ways to save you guys money on health insurance. So, Anthony, let's go ahead and – did you want to talk a little bit about more of certificate of need a little bit? Is that what you're talking about? Well, I just I, I appreciated you drilling in on the the MRI issue because the the certificate of need law thing is is much deeper than just um, you know opening a new hospital. You know, even just if you want to add an extra bed in a dialysis unit, right? It has to go through a board of a you know a, a, a hospital board or um, uh, you know a board of directors that are in many cases uh, actually. Uh, 
how should I say this, have worked for hospital organizations, right? So there's a lot of cronyism that comes into play when getting these things approved. So it's, you know, the, the restriction of the goods and the services naturally makes things more expensive. But usually what it's also doing is is empowering these the establishment, the existing facilities that are out there. Um, and, and when they can lobby, you know, the government to, to really protect those interests, which takes away the freedom of the individual, the freedom of the the person in you know in a given area that wants an, uh, a new medical facility or a new bed or a new MRI machine. You know, it's really corrupt in that way. So we've got to get away from the lobbying behind this industry, the the medical device industry, the the pharmaceutical industry. Um, some of the most powerful lobbies in the world are really affecting this, and it's something that I've vowed um, even before I. I guess I can't say I vowed before I was running for office, but always irritated me before I was running. And I vowed now as a candidate, you know, to not work with those corporate lobbyists in that way. You know, my campaign up to this point in time has taken zero money from a lobbyist. Um, the incumbent that I'm running against, the vast majority of his money comes from out of state and from insurance lobbyist firms. So there's a, a stark difference there between him wanting to serve the lobby industry and I want to serve the constituents here in Washington. Love it. I love that. That's awesome. That's kind of interesting to note that um, our local, our Washington State Insurance Commissioner gets most of his money from out of state. Yeah, roughly 90% as of last month when I checked. Uh, my campaign staff is double checking it today since it's filing date. But he's got thousands of dollars that come from out of state um, from lobbyists. And it's just terrible. You know, I've got nearly, you know, I think about 900 individual donations to my campaign, and about 99% of them are from the state of Washington. I got a couple friends from outside the state that, you know, flipped me 10 or 20 bucks here or there. Out of curiosity, who is his biggest donor? Do you know that answer? Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the organizations. It's based out of Florida. Um, I don't think anybody's given him more than 1000 bucks. but what we saw in the PDC report was multiple people from one lobbying firm of all, all donating. Yeah. For sure, for sure, that happens a lot. So, so tell us a little bit about free market solutions, um, and and give us some examples in healthcare. You know, free markets have, have become a scary word the, this day and age. And, and what I have to point out right now is we don't have free market healthcare or free market insurance anymore. We have government healthcare and government insurance. And the only debate there right now in, in politics is: Do we like the status quo government healthcare, or do we want more of what we have? Um, and what I mean by that is, is you can't do anything right now when it comes to your health without government approval. Everything that we do right now, you have to essentially ask permission to do. Um, so things like uh, eyeglasses, you know, um, if you want to go purchase a new pair of eyeglasses, you're forced to go get a prescription, right? So you know your eyes, you know your eyes of, you know, you take your eyeglasses off, they work, you put your eyeglasses back on, they or they work better, right? You, you know as an individual when you need to go get a checkup to get your eyes looked at versus when you maybe just broke your glasses and needed to go get a prescription refill. So I think we should abolish uh, prescription laws for eyeglasses and similar things. Um, another example would be uh, um, asthma inhalers. You know, that's something that has popped up for me personally. Um, the fires here in Washington affected my my breathing capacity. I was an athlete most of my life and, and never had any lung issues. And uh, then after the forest fires, uh, the, the smoke really hurt my lungs. So I got diagnosed with asthma, um, went, got my prescription, went to the doctor. At that point, I didn't know, right? I needed doctor's help. I needed to be told what was wrong and, you know, to go to the pharmacist to get the medication that was prescribed to me. Now, after the fact, that prescription uh, expires after a year. 
and I have to go back to a doctor. Now, I don't have health insurance right now. I'm, I'm, I'm unemployed running for office without health insurance, uh, partly by choice, um, partly because the system's terrible and it's too expensive to get good health insurance. But if I wanted to go get a new asthma inhaler, I have to go pay an extra $100 to a doctor to tell me what I already know that he's already told me so, because the government requires that I get permission to go buy an asthma medication. Um, for the record, I just ordered three from a friend in Mexico. I'm getting all three for $35. I would pay closer to about 250 for all three of those, not including the $100 doctor visit here in Washington. So as a side note, um, you you may not realize, but I want our, our listeners to know this. And Janet, you can um, comment on this one. But I do remember a day when um, asthma inhalers were about $7.00. And they were generic. And you want to tell us why there's no generic asthma inhalers anymore? Well, we have this regulation as to what is used inside of the aerosol to help um, promote your inhaler to work. So that restriction happened about, what, 10, 15 years ago? Probably. So the prices went from affordable to unaffordable overnight. And I will say this is not just the only medication that we've seen that happen to. Um, many products such as insulin, um, there were price gouging with that because of the designer-type uh, products that came out and requiring uh, patients to pay more. And... I believe that when I first started pharmacy, I think patients could walk in and buy it for at least $20. I'm not really sure where it was when you graduated, but it wasn't that difficult to have your needs met. Um, and we've gotten to a point where um, I believe it partly is lobbying that has made the products harder to get and more expensive. And I don't know if we can solve that on a local or a Washington level. Um, but that is a problem for our clients and for our patients because that means that, like you said, you have to go to a provider in order to get that prescription. So you have that cost. And then when you go to the pharmacy, that cost is exaggerated, which it wouldn't need to be because I know that many of our clients and patients did very well with the products that were available at that point. So let's remember, the reason they outlawed those products, they were generic, and I would love to have a caller right now. If anybody has asthma or diabetes and have experienced the price of their inhalers are too expensive or their, their insulin, please call in, be part of the show, 509-765-1470. That generic asthma inhaler that they outlawed a few years back, the reason they outlawed it was because it had, quote, unquote, fluorocarbons as a propellant. And it was harming the ozone, so they outlawed it. And I am sure there was a big drug company lobby to push that. So then there's no more inexpensive inhaler anymore. you got to buy the expensive brand name one. The same thing has happened with insulin. Although there is an inexpensive alternative to insulin, and it is over the counter. So if, you, if anybody has any questions about that, please give me a call, 509-765-1470. So I'm just going to interject to the other product that comes to mind that um, I think of now this time of year is, do you remember Anakit, Sean? Yes. When, and EpiPens. Yeah. It was affordable. People could buy an Anakit run right around $20, $25, which now if you're going to get an Ep EpiPen, it's insane. Yeah, it's $500. And, and the thing is, this is, this is all under the dis disguise of safety, right? Which we all know that 
we're better at keeping our own family safe than anybody else ever will be. You know, mama bear or dada bear are going to be a heck of a lot better at keeping their kids safe than than what the the government claims that they could do. And and, and just because that we move, remove these regulations doesn't automatically mean that things are going to be unsafe. For the same reason that just because we have these regulations doesn't mean it has been safe. We see pharmaceutical companies going to court for injuries on 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 drugs all the time, and those are FDA approved drugs. So we have to remember that we're not, you know, com- removing these regulations doesn't automatically mean things are going to get less safe, and, and adding them doesn't mean it's going to get safer. There are things we can do in the free market to keep people safe. There's medical organizations that can publish studies and papers. There's pharmacists that go to school for these things. There's doctors that go to school for these things that can do this independent research. And then ultimately, we have the most technologically advanced society that we've ever had before, where the average person can learn these things pretty simply and then ask questions via telemedicine appointments with their doctors or their pharmacists. So there's so many things we could do. Um, even things like Better Business Bureau or Yelp are good example of free market solutions that keep people informed on what organizations are doing and, and how they're impacting their communities. So we, we can be safe without forcing costs to be higher by putting government rules over the top of our lives. And absolutely, and that's our goal here is to educate and empower consumers. And that's what we're doing because sometimes um, consumers don't know about about the things that we take for granted. So that's one of the reasons I wrote a book. That's one of the reasons I did a radio show. So, Anthony, tell us, do you have to, you, you know, talking about the getting a prescription every year, are there some less alternative less expensive alternatives to doctors yeah uh, well doctors or yes. yeah t- talk about dpc okay so a, a different form of doctor then. there you go yeah, yeah. so you know I, and this is something that i enjoy about my campaign is providing solutions to people that don't require legislative change because while politicians want to bicker back and forth and get nothing done which we all know they're getting nothing done these days we should be helping empower people on the on the back end with things like direct primary care. So uh, direct primary care is when you've got a, a good example would be like a gym membership, but to a doctor. So you pay your hundred bucks a month to your doctor. And what that means is when you want to go visit the doctor for whatever the reason, you don't have a bill to pay on the back end. Um, that doctor often can prescribe medication, they can take x-rays, and they do it cheaper because there's no middleman, there's no insurance company in there, and that they're able to spread out costs fairly around their community in small risk pools, similar to insurance, by just dealing with their local community uh, and price it at such a way that fits that local community. Um, What we need to do there is I believe we also need a catastrophic insurance option on the back end because while going to a doctor and paying cash for the routine things is what I believe we should be doing to, to be healthy going forward. You still have to be cautious about the cancer scare, the dementia or the Parkinson's or, you know, a kidney failure or a massive car accident. You know, these things are going to cost lots and lots of dollars. So we need catastrophic insurance coupled with cash paying customers for, for affordable medical treatments. So I like the point that you brought up about catastrophic because that was really important to our family when we first started out. We were running our business, just, you know, small business opening our doors and at the age where we started our family. And we did have catastrophic and that meant a lot to us because when the safety net isn't there, at least you have something to help you with. Um, So I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think that's an option for us anymore, is it? 
No, it's it's not an option, and the state insurance commissioner has been quoted as calling it junk insurance. And I was isn't re- that isn't that for me to decide, Anthony, as a consumer? I think it absolutely <laughs> is. I mean, we should protect consumers' rights to make decisions for themselves, free from government, you know, coercion over the top. And you know, I, I was raised in such a way that one man's junk might be another man's treasure. And and as a libertarian, this is what makes us a stark stark different difference from a, a Republican or a Democrat. Republicans or Democrats want to face force their set of principles on the other side. I don't want to force my views on anyone. I have needs for my family that I know I want and my own values. But when somebody asks, like, what are you going to do about this? Or what are you going to do about this to help me or that or this or that or the other thing? Whatever you want, I want to empower you to have. If you want catastrophic insurance, then I want that for you. I want you to be happy. I want you to have what you want. Similarly, if you don't want catastrophic and you want everything under the sun covered, then I want that for you. We can coexist in such a fashion as a society where everybody gets what they want from something as simple as health insurance by removing government, you know, government regulations, but also personal opinion from politics. My personal opinion it would, shouldn't come into play when I'm serving the entire state. Your in opinion as an individual is all that matters. Absolutely. And, you know, what if, imagine, imagine, now we can talk a little bit later about it, but my, my wife and I have chosen not to have health insurance, kind of like you. We have something something different. We have a health sharing ministry, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But what if I, as an individual, wanted to purchase health insurance, and I wanted something like no doctor coverage, no prescription coverage, no gla- no 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 dental, no eyeglasses, no nothing. All I wanted was the major medical, and I wanted a deductible of fifty thousand dollars, because I wanted it to. If if something went really bad, that's the worst of my problems is getting fifty thousand dollars. So, imagine how cheap my premium would be a month. It would be ten ten twenty bucks. Yeah, it, it would be, and then you would have more capital on hand to to save for things that you value. Maybe save for a health emergency, or or maybe you know fix a, a leaky faucet that you're afraid is going to cause water damage, and then cause mold in your house, which you know then is a denied insurance claim because mold's not covered on health home insurance, right? <laughs> right so the right. key here is is Sean deserves to get what he wants with his money, with his labor that he's produced, and it's not government's business to dictate those choices. Now, what I want to do is I want to empower the market to be able to provide that. That product to you assuming there's enough people that want that that the market would bring a product to you and if not i want you to be able to create a company that offers it exactly well that's the beautiful thing about about a free market is if if there is enough people interested in it if there's not if it's not available now it will be i mean that's the beauty of it if there's not government regulation stopping that janet do you want to discuss a little bit more about what a dpc doctor does other than just seeing you live can they do other things besides just do they have to see, do you have to go to the office to to, to see them no, luckily, we've started to open that door where they can actually do some online and face-to-face. And honestly, that is a good um, way to practice, especially if you are worried about coming into an office with infection. Or what if I have a, a newborn and, and I just need to discuss some things with my provider? Well, it's unfair for that provider not to have some form of payment for that service. But also, that mother doesn't have to go out take their child into the clinic and have exposure. So I think the fact that DPC models and being able to do online um, visits visits, visits. or um, interviews are are very helpful because not only is it just um, 
a new tool, but it's been around for quite some time and it's been kind of frowned upon, but it does give that interaction between the client and, and the patient. Do you have any any comments about that? How about we hold it right there? and th- uh, Hold your thought, Anthony. We're going to go to our next, our next commercial break. <laughs> All right. I love it. Hello, and welcome to our third and final segment of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you guys for listening and viewing those those of you on Facebook and YouTube. We, we enjoy this and look forward to it every week. And as usual, we are running out of time, and there were so many things to talk about. So let's keep going, Anthony. We were talking about telemed. Now, some of you guys might not know about telemed. Janet and Anthony were talking about it. Telemed is nothing new. Um DPC or direct primary care um, providers have been using telemed for years. So this is not something new. It's just something the government has actually relaxed the regulation of being able to use telemed to see their patients and so they can get paid now, which is interesting. I always am interested in a regulation that is relaxed during some certain times, which makes you wonder, why do we have it in the first place? Anthony, go. Yeah, and, and one would hope that if uh, the legislature does get called into a special session, uh, which has been called by both political parties here in Washington, but seemingly uh, ignored by the, the governor, well, one would hope that the re- regulations that have been relaxed would just you know be deleted and removed. Because if it's safe enough for the public during a pandemic, I think it's safe enough for us the rest of the time of our lives. Amen, brother. Yeah, and, and, and telemedicine is one that the state insurance commissioner is uh, unfortunately behind on the times with and 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 is one that he uh, essentially used in a you know a uh, the executive order to release regulations on and and i'm gonna probably slightly butcher the quote here so i won't quote it Um, but he, he essentially said that the insurance companies could be allowed to bill for telemedicine allowed so the government is finally allowing insurance to bill for something as you know simple as having a uh, conversation with your doctor over or over Zoom conference call, and, and that's simply behind the times. You know he's been in office for forty years. Um, he doesn't have the vision for the future that I have. He doesn't hasn't seen the issues that I have in healthcare because he's been on government insurance for the last forty years while he's been a politician. He hasn't had to buy insurance on the free market. He has better insurance than you or I do. Uh, and so I can really focus on things that affect the every, every you know, kind of everyday average person on on their daily lives, and you know, again, provide solutions that'll make things cheaper and more accessible. And, and telemedicine for another thing that we should really touch on is telemedicine is healthy. Okay, uh, if you're sick and you just want to get you know a, a quick check in, right? Why are we sending sick people all to the same area so where they can spread disease? Right. You know, telemedicine allows people to, you know, do a quick, uh, you know, conversation with their doctor on their lunch break instead of maybe having to take a whole day off of work to go to the doctor. Right. Even when you're not sick. Right. You can just have a face to face with your doctor via Zoom. So these are things that would make healthcare cheaper as well. If you're not taking up as much time as the uh, of the doctor and you can uh, cut down on your own time as well, that just makes us a more productive society. Well, and as a consumer of healthcare, Janet, and a and a wonderful mom, tell t- tell us how um, that would benefit benefit you as a as a mom and um, um, business owner, pharmacist. Sure. Well, I'll give the example of our um, youngest son. This spring, um, during this pandemic, he um, has 
always struggled with seasonal allergies. And of course, um, when everything was hitting the fan, you know, he started getting concerned about his symptoms that he was um, having. And, you know, at that point, if Jordan could have had a face-to-face with somebody versus going into a clinic or to a doctor to be seen, it would have made it much easier for him to have that interaction. Of course, he was fortunate that he had parents that knew that it was seasonal allergies. But in that time of him having that concern as do I go or do I not go, I know that there are many clients that are facing that situation right now. Should I assure or not go? Is it safe for me or not? Where just a clear little video face, Zoom, and the clinician can go over the symptoms and say, you know, do you line up with this or do you, you know, would really put some clarity to what's happening to them and, and how to approach it if he needed to come in and be checked or if he didn't need to be. Um, so I, I think there's a peace of mind that we can do without throwing them into that arena because if you're having seasonal allergies, the last place you want to go is a clinic that has sick people in it because you more likely going to pick up that germ or a germ. Yeah, and then that perpetuates the the high cost of healthcare, right? right? Because you're seeing a doctor, you're using up resources that wouldn't otherwise be necessary. The key the key here is always going to come back to 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 consent of the individual and 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 the doctor and the patient, right? How do they want their their treatment plan to be handled? How do they want their doctor's appointment to be handled? Some days I might want to go to the doctor. Other days it would make more sense to have a 15-minute Zoom conference call. You know, so I can make sure that if I'm scared of my toddler's got a cold or something, you know, maybe I can just ask a couple quick questions, right? You know, there's so many things that we could do just to loosen up healthcare, and what we have right now is is a government and and politicians that just want to strangle it and control it and destroy it. So tell us a little bit, Anthony. Today is actually the official kickoff of your campaign. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's nuts that I've been, you know, I, I formally announced my campaign over two and a half years ago. Uh, you know, dedicating my life for two and a half years now to 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 earn the respect and trust of voters to put me onto the, you know, into Olympia to represent them on a position that has been hidden in the shadows for decades and decades now. Um, but you know, this week is officially filing week. Campaign season is a go. Um, sorry for all the mailers you're going to get in the in the mail. You know, uh, I I won't be spending nearly as much as the uh, the two party establishment because I don't think we need this much money in politics to promote good ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, it would mean a lot to me to to be elected. Um, honestly, personally, because it means I could impact my own family's life and and make it more affordable for my toddler to have insurance. Um, but consequently, I'm also fighting for you. I'm fighting for everybody that's listening to this to have what they want, to have prices that they can afford, to have health coverage that they like and they value. And unfortunately, what we have right now is is the exact opposite of that. So, do you know who is is the is the incumbent running again? Do is do we know that? We're gonna find out this week if, okay. if he's gonna retire now or if he's gonna retire six you know six months after election season. <laughs> um, you know, as it sits right now, it's just me and the incumbent that have been fundraising. Um, you know, he's uh, a forty-year career politician. We know what we're gonna get from him. It's more of the same. So, if you're happy with what you've got, I'm not the guy for you. But if you're fed up with the broken system, the rising cost, I will be the, the solution moving forward. Well, I just want liberty. That's what I want. I want to be able to make my own choices and be able to let other people make their own choices and find out what really works for them. So 
Um, you know, let's talk about Janet. Um, let's talk a little bit about an, uh, another option instead of health insurance. Are health sharing ministries, or we even they're not any they're not even ministries anymore because there's a couple other options out there that um, aren't faith based. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Janet? So what Sean's talking about is basically um, companies have came together that are sharing people's health expenses. So it's not so much a sharing ministry as it is a sharing network. Um, And I think that is really starting to swell. You're seeing more um, independent thinking business people, people that are also buying into it when their own insurance isn't covering what they need. And the nice thing about a sharing group is that um, it puts you in touch, again, with maybe a DPC model, but it also helps you maneuver the healthcare industry as to how to get in and have a procedure done. Um, and I can back that up a little bit because um, we've had in our own family, um, do I use the local uh, hospital to have a wrist fixed, or do I go to the Tri-Cities? And, and they help you network with that. And so what are your thoughts about these sharing plans that are becoming available in the U.S.? Yeah, so this is, again, a, a stark difference I have between the incumbent and, and one of the many reasons why I think it's time for him to retire And is I, I love the health membership plans. I, I think they're a, a tremendous resource to people that provide, you know, financial assistance when a bill is too expensive and essentially how it works is, is similarly to a health insurance except that it takes the, the middleman out of it everybody voluntarily joins these plans they pay reduced cost because there's not a, a, a an overreaching profit motive uh, to at the top end of it and it's it's more of a charity-based health insurance program and what the incumbent's been doing is he's been systematically attacking them again under the premise that they're not good enough and I know that just in my personal life, a couple hundred people, this is my personal life, forget the political sphere. Um, in the political sphere, I know tens of thousands of people that, that have um, bought those policies, that love those policies. And, and every now and again, like any uh, consumer product, they will have complaints against them. People, um, whether it's your cable company, your cell phone company, your insurance company, your ministry company, your church, right? <laughs> your tennis, your doctor. There's always going to be uh, examples of, of maybe people being dissatisfied. But what's happening is the insurance commissioner is, is flat trying to ban them from the state of Washington instead of trying to work with them and, and provide solutions for people that maybe don't want those while allowing people that do want them to, to use them. You know, it's something that my family's looked at. It's going to save us money. Um, and uh, if you know if we want to buy it, we should have the ability to buy it. It's that simple. Well, the beauty of it too, Anthony, is that there is, I believe, there new ones are popping up all the time. In fact, we had New Health K N E W Health on our show a couple weeks ago to talk about their program. It's a non faith based health sharing program. Um, Janet and I are actually um, Christian Ministries is what we've been a member of for a couple years now. Um, we were on Samaritan Ministries, and we didn't. We didn't. We moved from Samaritan Ministries to Christian Ministries because they didn't let us opt out of maternity coverage, and it cost us an extra three hundred bucks a month. So for Christian Ministries, this is almost unbelievable to some people, but we pay a hundred and thirty-five dollars a month for our entire family, and, and, and that's and huge. It's, you know? we, we we save eighteen thousand dollars a year versus traditional insurance. It's 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 amazing. I hope I never have to go back, and the only reason I would is if they outlawed it. 
Well, you know, from standing from a mother's perspective, um, in our family, our experience was either you go the traditional route where um, we would go locally and have a surgery and most likely have a pin put into my son's wrist that was broken. Or when we maneuvered and made the phone calls with the help of, I think it was Samaritan it was Ministry Samaritan. at the time, we were able to find a hand specialist in the Tri-Cities, which is not that far for anybody that lives in our community. Moses Lake um, travels to Spokane, to Tri-Cities, to Wenatchee for access of healthcare, And the hand specialist did not do a surgery. He reset the bone. So as a mother, I can tell you, I would much rather see my son's bone reset than a pin put in. So it was not just the financial part. It was also the fact that the care was the quality that I would want for my son to have as well. You know, when you can get the community involved in, in networking, which is what that program is doing, it's putting you in touch with with doctors that have similar values to, to you. It's going to put you in a, a position of empowerment to take care of your family. And for you, that's a health ministry plan. That's perfect. For somebody else, it might be uh, a Cadillac plan, health insurance, you know, through their employer that they don't need to look at it. They don't need to touch it. They just go and they pay their 35 bucks and then, you know, meet their deductible. But I, I don't think many people want what we currently have. Um, you know, it's one of the most talked about issues right now in the country is health care and health insurance. So we, we know that what we have isn't working. And, and the more we can free it up and, and accept that diversity, you know, the, the better it'll be. So I, I fully support, you know, health membership plans. I don't think they should be regulated by the state insurance commissioner in the first place. So I'd get as far out of that conversation as possible. You know, what's amazing too, Anthony, is that it says it right in their contracts. I mean, obviously they have ways to collect from people, but it is voluntary. To pay our monthly program fee is voluntary, yet people do it. We don't have to be forced by government to do things. We do it because we we love ourselves and love our families and love individuals. We don't have to be forced to do it. All right, Anthony, you've got one minute to um, give us any closing words <laughs> and um, and tell us how to get a hold of you. Well, you know, I'm going to give everybody an apple a day and free dental floss. You know, that's that's my health care plan. At least that's what the, you know, the, the 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 folks that are afraid of some of these ideas will claim that I just want everybody to die, right? Because I'm a libertarian. I don't believe in regulation and government control. And I just want everybody to know that that couldn't be more dishonest of an argument to be made out of folks that love regulation. You know, I want people to be safe. I want people to have the care that they want. I, I want people to have the life that they want. I want people to have the, the liberty and to be able to pursue the happiness that we're guaranteed by our natural rights from our own God or our own creator. And right now we have a government that simply has stopped respecting the individual. This is from people of both parties. Um, I believe that my way forward is going to make things cheaper. It's going to make things more prosperous, and it's going to allow us to peacefully coexist as a society without forcing our ideals on one another. Uh, my website, anthonywilty.com, has plenty of platform things you could look at. I understand that some of these things we'll agree on. Some of them we won't. The difference between me and the rest is I actually care to listen and will respect what you want for your life. I love it. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you.